Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Believe in America with all your heart and soul. Colin Powell dedicated his extraordinary life to public service because he never stopped believing in America. Inflation is elevated. Increase in prices over the past year. Continued shortages. Price hikes are ahead. The COVID-19 pandemic. Being now a decrease in the percentage of positive tests. So that you can get the facts. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is a new week of News and Views. Lots to talk about. General Colin Powell, of course you've heard by now, passed away, 84 years old. You know, um, and by the way, it was COVID-related. He was fully vaccinated. He did have some underlying issues. He had Parkinson's. Uh, he had multiple myel- myelin- myelinoma. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Maya- myeloma, I guess mm-hmm. is how you pronounce it. Um, which, I mean, I, I don't, is there a cure for that even? I mean, he would have eventually died from that, I would imagine. But um, so and he was 84. Yeah, you know. yeah, he's older, although 84 sounding younger all the time to <laughs> some of us. Um, but, you know, what, what the, the first thing out of the mouth of, the Biden administration and their medical experts, well, this underscores the need for COVID-19 vaccine booster shots. Would that be the first thing you'd say? I mean, it seems to me that you might have a narrative somewhere along the lines of, even though this guy was fully vaccinated, please be aware that while we recommend, and look, you use your common sense. I said this all along. I'm not knocking the vaccine. But I'm knocking the fact that we continue to hear nothing about natural immunity from the Biden administration. And we continue to hear the Biden administration say, get the vaccine so you don't die of, of COVID. And coming out of the same uh, same group, it said, what, June, July, if you get vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they were even going a step further. So, you know, I was disappointed when uh, Colin Powell basically went against donald trump that was disappointing to me I, but the, the guy served his country well uh i, I you know a lot of respect for colin powell yeah colin powell i mean he really felt like he was lied to in the weapons of mass destruction when he went before the right. united nations and all that so i you know the intelligence was out there even in foreign countries so it might have been wrong intelligence yeah I, i'll let you know what i'm reading a book right now just started it called the generals and it was it goes through all the major generals uh starting with marshall to today and uh there's a chapter on there in cullen powell i might have to cheat and go forward and see what see uh, what he says see what it says uh i i laughed when i saw this headline fox news pete Buttigieg under fire for claiming supply chain crisis due to Biden guiding country out of recession. The <laughs> president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. In fact, the economy is so good that that's what is disturbing the supply chain. <laughs> yeah, that's rich. Biden's got to be guided out of the White House restroom himself. <laughs> good grief. What, what is it? Where's Pete been? He's been on maternity leave, yeah, right? Yeah. They, six weeks or so, didn't he? he was out did, for six weeks. They adopt weeks? twins, I think. And uh, I, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which which one had the baby? Hmm. 
Anyway, demand is up, Buttigieg said, because income is up, because the president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. Uh, last time I checked, prior to COVID, Donald Trump had uh, had us on the right track, and uh, I, I don't think we're on the right track now, Pete. And the American people don't either, by the way, which uh, might be why uh, David Price. Now, David Price is 81 years old. And uh, most people, when they turn 81, are thinking about, except for politicians in Washington, most people at 81 are thinking about retiring. David Price has announced he is uh, no longer going to uh, serve in the U.S. Congress after uh, this next um, current session is over. And uh, you do have to wonder. I mean, on one hand, he's been up there for 30 years. He should have been gone a long time ago. If I had my way, we'd have term limits and have been gone a long time ago. But And granted, he's, he's 81. But you do wonder, are these terrible polling numbers that the Dems are seeing across the board, is it probably a good time to call, call it quits? You know, instead of getting beat, let's just go ahead and sign out. Uh, Wake County State Senator Wiley Nickel will— uh, well, he's already announced. So David announces today he's not running again. Wiley Nichols, I am. I'm running. So uh, now perhaps he's already been in conversation with Price before he announced today. But uh, anyway, he lives in Cary, father of two young children, and he is a lib. And he is, uh, what, before, prior to 30 years, he was a political science professor. David Price was. David Price. Yeah. 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 Mm. Nickel, the new liberal— the young liberal, uh, he worked for Al Gore from 96 to 2001. He was a member of Al Gore's Climate Reality Leadership Corps. Isn't that an oxymoron, Climate Reality <laughs> Leadership Corps? Anything Al Gore and reality is uh, an oxymoron. Hard. Yes. Nickel later worked for Obama, his uh, presidential campaign. He served on the White House National Advance Staff from 08 uh, to 012. While he's a member of the Obama Alumni Association, was a part of Obama's first wave of political endorsements in 2018. Obama endorsed six candidates in North Carolina, including Nickel, in August of 2018. So there you have it. You lose an old codger, liberal, yellow dog Democrat, and you gain a young codger, progressive, woke, whatever. And, you know, I I mean, I'm not, I'm not currently not voting for any Democrats because I don't think the Democrats— is a real party any any longer but but here you go another case of someone his entire life has been about politics yep. and I, I don't even know representative price is retiring but he was a political science professor that's been in washington 30 years 30 30 plus years yeah. and prior to that he taught political science in a classroom yep uh, we, we just have too many more too many people in right. office like that and the problem is and a lot, so many of these people, either they've they've been in politics all their lives, which means they've been working, getting a government check all their lives, uh, or they've been working for another part of government, and then they mm-hmm. have an early retirement, and they've got their pension, and they go ahead and run. The business people are out there trying to keep their business afloat, mm-hmm. while they have to deal with all the regulations and taxes that these non-business people just glibly continue to increase whether it be taxes or whether it be regulations and uh, they do it all in the name of we're helping the little guy we're going to help the little guy or in the name of <clears throat> public service 
That, I'm that, a public servant. Yeah, that really makes me. But you know, <laughs> I mean, here again, work for political campaigns and go from appointment to appointment to elections, and it's just I don't know. It's too many people like that. Last, was it last week? Beverly Purdue got some kind of appointment for something. I, I don't even remember yeah. what it was. But. It's sort of like a lousy football coach. <laughs> no matter how bad your record is, you end up with making a large six-figure salary somewhere else as a assistant coach somewhere. Well, I, I got to say, if I was advising a young person, uh, go into college football coaching, and your plan, your goal is to get a good job and see how quickly you can get fired. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. You know, you might even get two salaries. I mean, um, Coach Mo. He left here, went up as the uh, offensive coordinator at Maryland, was lasted up there maybe two seasons. Uh, now he's, yeah. uh, I think he's a quarterback's coach up in Indianapolis. So somehow they continue to well, land on the field. Well, just announced, um, what, yesterday, I think, the, the LSU coach did just sign the big fat contract. Right. Went into the national championship, but what, a year and a half ago. Yeah. What um, have you done for me lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's, he's going to be fired at the end of the season, and he's going to get, I think they said, $16 million payable over four years. Wow. That's good work if you can get it. Yeah. I've never gotten that kind of stuff. Granted, I've only been – and I'm trying to think. I think I've only been fired once in my life. My severance wasn't quite that good. My dad fired me one time, but it didn't last very long. Well, you didn't get any severance from that. You probably got a whooping. Here's your severance, whack. He just fired me from one from one job and gave me a harder one. Uh, here's the really important news of the day, though. Betty Lynn, the actress for Never Known as Thelma Lou from The Andy Griffith Show, passed away on Saturday, 95. You know, I was... Now, had you shown me her pictures, of what, what has she been in over the years, I... Andy Griffith, as far as I know, is the only. I don't one. know of anything else. She probably, I, you know, I don't know. I know the the dollar amounts are so different now than what they used to be. Oh, but yeah. I, I would expect as many times as those shows have been. <laughs> I don't think anybody but Andy got residuals. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, hmm. Now, now today, if you're you know a modern day uh, TV sitcom, I think everybody gets a residual, like. You know, reruns of Everybody Loves Raymond or something like that. I think everybody in the cast is getting a little something. But back then, I don't. Th I think it was only Andy that uh, got residuals. But interestingly, she actually, I was reading a bio, she actually acted in a bunch of movies with William Holden, Betty Davis. Hmm. Um, she And I don't remember this, but apparently the first year of Matlock, she was Andy Griffith's secretary. Okay. And... Uh, didn't know that. She lived in Mount Airy, right? She did. She yeah. moved. To, she visited Mount Airy on a uh, one of the Mayberry Days festivals and liked it so much. She she stayed, and uh, she I think she moved out there. Uh, Two thousand and seven, she moved out there. Over the years, I've heard people that met her and said that she was really genuinely a nice person, as opposed to Aunt B was not a very <laughs> nice person yeah. in in real life heard the same thing about andy but yeah i've I heard, I've heard stories about andy sort of turned into a curmudgeon is uh honorary curmudgeon is, get off my lawn yeah type of guy the third quarter fa uh, fundraising numbers for the u.s senate race in north carolina which you know you think of that as being so far away the primary is next march so that's not far march 2022 yeah. wow yeah mm. so we're talking about five months from now Yes, they, be, they better yeah. be spending money. Yeah. I guess the ad campaigns are well. Real. Right now, they're collecting money, but they're going to be spending it soon. I mean, come probably post holidays. They don't want to spend it 
you know, going into the holidays so much because they're going to get lost in all the confusion. But as soon as the uh, holidays are over, you're going to see a lot of money spent on uh, these primaries. And I'm sure a lot of the, I'm sure Ted Budd and Pat McCrory will be spending a lot of money on uh, with Henry Hinton. He'll be happy about that. A new car time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, McCrory announced that his campaign will report raising more than a million dollars in the third quarter. Uh, this is the second quarter in a row McCrory has broken the million-dollar mark. Ted Budd raised a nearly identical amount, with McCrory slightly ahead. Budd's total included a, a $25,000 loan he made to his campaign. Now, I, I mean, if he's raising a million dollars a quarter, approximately I mean, $25,000 of small potatoes. Uh, Mark Walker, pretty far behind. I I really think Mark ought to focus on running for Ted Budd's house seat. I think he could win it, and uh, I think everybody would be happy. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him up in Washington, D.C. I like Mark Walker, but you know, I said early on that it's going to be a Ted Budd-Pat McCrory race. Uh, Mark Walker only raised 122000 I mean, that, and he, by the way, he can transfer that to a uh, house campaign with mm-hmm. no problem. Um of course, uh, will that district survive? You know, we, we'll have redistricting yeah, here that's pretty true soon. Too. So. That's true, too. The, um, on the Democratic side, uh, Jeff Jackson, state senator, announced $900,000 in fundraising with a uh, 1.5 in cumulative fundraising. Sherry Beasley has now almost caught up to Jackson despite her opponent enjoying a quarter head start. So they're basically the four candidates, Jeff Jackson and Beasley on the Democratic side, and McCrory and Ted Budd on the Republican side are all basically playing with the same amount of monies. Uh, $2 million on the Republican side, about $1.5 million on the Democrat side. So what's your thoughts on the Democrat side on that primary? I think Sherry Beasley will win it. Yeah. I, I, I think there will be dramatic money that will just start rolling in pretty soon for her, I, I think. Just, I mean, she checks a box that the Democrats yeah. want to check. Exactly, she's a black female. I mean, just yeah. let's just face it; it checks a box, yeah. Yeah. two boxes for him. Yeah, and he's he's a white male, and he's, he he gets two minus marks. She gets two plus marks. He's twenty twenty one's version of Cal Cunningham. Yeah, maybe he hadn't been as promiscuous. Well, Cal went <laughs> down in flames. We'll see. Uh, I I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Beasley will end up winning. No, he just, I just, I just think he just kind of looks like Cal Cunningham. He has the same look, kind of similar resume. Uh, I'm not saying he's done anything wrong. But. I would say this though. I, you know, on the Republican side, I, I think it's somewhat of a toss-up. I think if Mark Walker were to get out of the race and endorse one of the two candidates, and I think he would probably endorse Bud, I think I'd have to give the upper hand to Ted Bud in that race. Um, over over government over McCory, yeah. I guess it depends on really. But I'm not I'm I'm not being dogmatic about that. Yeah, I, I, I I'm still not so sure. Depends on really. I know I know he's got Trump's endorsement, but how much more will Trump do? I think that that will be the key to that race if he has any chance. I mean, I still talk to just everyone I talk to. Who is Ted Budd? I mean, they just they really. Yeah. He's got a lot of work to do. And yeah. He might have the money to do it here pretty soon, but he's got a lot of work to do. We'll see. we got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about, including a situation with a uh, school board funding. i call it a controversy. The only thing controversial is this judge who is basically telling the state legislature what they must do. I, where do these authoritarians get off telling everybody 
when to get up, when to go down, when to sleep, when to eat, when to do everything. We'll talk about that and more. News of Views continues right after this. If you're vaccinated, you must wear a mask. Why? We need to get people vaccinated. Telling people who are vaccinated to wear a mask doesn't get more people vaccinated. Confusing the kids and the parents even more. Get the facts. Get the correct information. Eastern Carolina's news source is News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Take a look at your weather forecast. Uh, It is going to be clear and crisp tonight, a little around 43 the week overall, though, looks really good. Highs each day will be in the mid to upper 70s. Lows each night will be mid 40s to low 50s. Lots of uh, clear skies, though. So, Boy, we uh, go from summer to fall in a, in a few matter of few hours. Yeah, I mean, it was hot true. as blazes on Saturday. I worked outside a lot, and it was just like, I think, 88 or 89 one time I checked the thermometer. Yeah, it dropped it, probably about 30 degrees mm-hmm. over... Um, six hours and yeah i was up at my grandson's uh, baseball both my grandsons were in baseball tournaments up in the rocky mount this this weekend and uh saturday it went probably about five o'clock sunshine and really warm sitting in the sun and uh they had they had like three locations that they were playing games at i mean it's a huge tournament up there and so we went to another location to watch another grandson by the time that game started the rain was coming down, and it had dropped a good 20 degrees. I mean, it went from we're really hot to we're really <laughs> cold. But a uh, fun weekend, though. Fun weekend. So They play well? Uh, they did. They didn't. Um, they didn't. I th- they were over 500, but uh, the competition was good. And uh, the, my younger grandson had a heartbreak of a game with his team. Uh, their, their last game, they, they thought – they were going they were coming back big time but they ended up losing 12 to 11. When you're 9 years old, usually you're scoring a lot of runs because usually your pitching is average at best and there's a lot of walks and the good news is if the ice cream was good later they forgot about it. it. Oh. <laughs> at the, that the resiliency of a 9-year-old is <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. What game? Exactly. <laughs> no, they, I mean they were in tears when they lost and you know, a half hour later they're at McDonald's and all smiles. <laughs> The uh, space alien from Chicago, Lori, the space alien Lightfoot, um, she... Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's Beetlejuice or if she... Yeah, Beetlejuice is a pretty good description, but she also could... I mean, they could have just blended her right in in the Star Wars bar scene. No makeup. <laughs> she, would have, she would have fit right in. Um, she showed up at the finals of the WNBA in uh, Chicago. Chicago won that game over uh, the Phoenix Mercury. Everybody else in the place had a mask on. Literally, if you, if you go Google it, you can see photos of it. Tens of thousands of people, everybody with a face mask, except for Lori Lightfoot. who And she was the one that put the edict out there. You got to have a mask on. Yeah, I saw that. She kind of looked like a, like a sloth up in the, in the crowd. You know what? What this little animal's called a sloth. You know, I mean, she, she, <laughs> we are catty. <laughs> <laughs> but the Democrats, they hand it to you in a platter. Um, yeah, she's an easy target. I hate to say. And Joe Biden, Joe and Jill, over the weekend were at a restaurant in D.C. They were violating the mask ordinance. Well, time and time again, the Democrats 
you know, do they, what we say, not what we do. Yeah, I mean, the governor. I mean, basically, um, I mean, basically, you could say that probably um, calls the recall in California oh, yeah. with, with yeah. Newsom. Yeah, and uh, you see it. You see it all over. I mean, every, just about every mayor. I mean, it was Mayor D.C. did the same thing where she was yep. uh, at a bar and listening to a band or something. But well, uh, what's her name up in uh, Michigan? Her husband was out there. Mm-hmm. Let me well, let me get my boat out of the. I got a friend that's got a nickname for her, but I can't say it on the air. But it's <laughs> it's very fitting. <laughs> Probably a little bit more risque than uh, yeah, yeah. Lori the alien Lightfoot. Uh, <laughs> Now I look. I, I I don't want to strain myself by patting myself on the back too hard, but I did say at the beginning of the football season that nothing is going to happen. That you did. You sure did. Yeah. With with tens of thousands of people packed into stadium and and Fauci yeah. coming out and said they're going to have a super spreader, uh, and I said, Nah, I don't think so. I said, You watch. L- let's see. But I said, I don't think so. Uh, NBC over the weekend acknowledged that uh, the super spreader never happened. In fact, the biggest football states perhaps in the nation, eh, there's Lori if you're looking on Cable 7 or Facebook. There's this space alien. Um, (laughs) The biggest football states in the nation, COVID is going in the opposite direction. Is it herd immunity? I don't know, but... 35% 35% decline in Georgia, 32% decline in South Carolina, 30% decline in Mississippi, 22% decline in Arkansas, um, 23% in Alabama, 9% in Texas. It's going in the right direction. And the only reason Texas isn't further down. <laughs> Speaking of Lori Lightfoot, I told you she looks like a sloth. <laughs> Am I not right on that one? <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Our... our, our our audience can't see this, but Betty yeah. just brought up a picture of a three-toed sloth, and yeah, it is pretty similar to Lori Lightfoot. Anyway, getting back to uh, Fauci, uh, yeah, your your uh, your prediction of a super spreader gone down the proverbial drain. Well, I think everyone in America, I mean, and you're looking at, um, I mean, schools in the Northeast and the South and. Out west, uh, I mean, I've seen half a dozen ball games now, and it's been pretty, <laughs> pretty apparent that uh, all over the country they they like to cheer "Let's go Brandon" at the football yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> NASCAR is just taken off incredibly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's Lori. <laughs> Striking resemblance. We're going to have more people because of our producer clark willis who is always on the ball we're gonna have more and more people watching on facebook and listening on cable seven because of uh, the uh, photos that uh, clark puts up on the screen the um you know i, I not, yeah we're gonna get <laughs> <laughs> this is a radio program i gotta you gotta quit distracting me on these photos the um north carolina the General Assembly has been told that they need to make sure that we follow our state constitution. And our state constitution guarantees a uh, proper education for all the children in the state. Now, obviously, parents can make other choices if they want to go to private school and they want to homeschool. But a North Carolina judge is giving state lawmakers three more weeks to put billions of more dollars into funding into public schools 
before he, quote, potentially orders them to do so. Now, what's interesting about this is that uh, Phil Berger has called Lee unhinged. Now, he called him unhinged because when they were discussing how they might fund education, the uh, judge and attorneys that represent people that want more funding for schools. And look, this guy is just a prop for progressives and for Roy Cooper. Um, The guy's name is uh, State Superior Court Judge David Lee. Um, Phil Berger said he's unhinged because he started talking about a situation in Kansas where a judge ordered the state's public schools to be closed until funding was increased. And at least, nah, we don't want to go there. But Phil Berger said this guy's unhinged. Is he he an appointed judge? He was appointed for this case. Well, I didn't, for the state, uh, I assume he was elected, but... um, you might want to double check on that. But again, Phil Berger makes the point, and we talked about this probably a month ago, that, listen, you've got branches of government, and somebody in the judicial branch does not have the right to come in and order the state to increase funding for education. And by the way, Phil Berger, through press releases today, uh, and uh, this whole thing comes out of the case called the Leandro case, which was initially filed in 1994 by a low-wealth school district wanting to get more state funding. The c- case was named after a student from Hope County who has since, by the way, graduated from college. Uh, in June, Lee approved a seven-year plan agreed to by Roy Cooper's Board of Education, State Board of Education, uh, his administration, and plaintiffs who said they wanted more money. The $5.6 billion plan includes things such as a 5% pay increase for teachers. Well, Phil Berger points out that, uh, listen, all these complainers, they keep pointing to data that is years old. I mean, they're going back 10, 15 years on this data. The National Education Association, their numbers say that the North Carolina per-pupil expenditures is up 33% since 2010. That's identical to national increases. Last year's 7.07 increase was the eighth largest in the country. It would have been higher, but Roy Cooper vetoed the teacher's tax pay increase. Uh, this is this is bizarre. It's funny. The Democrats always point to old information um when it comes to to per people per pupil funding i see it all the time you see the numbers that they quote and it's like there's no way that's right i just looked at the budget and you see that it's old data right, right. <laughs> back when they were in power yeah. <laughs> in the state but uh yeah judge judge lee uh he was elected in 2010 i was i was thinking he was appointed for some reason i think he was i thought he was appointed to someone's you know elected term now, I think he might have been appointed to this case. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think that's what it is. Anyway, I mean, he's a prop for Cooper and for progressives. And uh, uh, you, you see it all the time. Now, what's interesting is if a conservative judge tries to actually follow the Constitution, they call it judicial activism. Mm-hmm. But if a liberal judge just makes it out of thin air, whole cloth, you know, that's, oh, well, that's, you know, watching out for the little guy. Speaking of spending money... Uh, This is cut two, Clark. 
Um, Jan Psaki was speaking to reporters at the White House earlier today. And as you know, the Biden 3.5 boondoggle is talking about hiring 85,000 more IRS agents. And they are hiring them to basically nickel and dime you to death, even to the point that they want to monitor all bank transactions of $600 or more. Now, this is what she said when she was asked about, okay, there's been a lot of pushback on this. A lot of the banks don't like this, and a lot of the individual Americans don't like this. It should not be lost on anyone that the loudest opposition uh, to these proposals and the biggest ad spending against them is from the biggest banks who simply do not want to be bothered by additional reporting on inflows and outflows. That should not be lost. Uh, we can certainly get you the numbers or it's publicly available out there on how much money is being spent and how vocal this opposition is. I would note that the top 1% is responsible for $163 billion a year in owed but unpaid taxes. So this proposal we're talking about is about preventing high-income individuals who are not typical wage earners, meaning they don't get paid through standard payroll, roll, W-2s. The vast, vast majority, I think it's something like 97% of wage earners, are paying the taxes they owe. We're not talking about that here. We're talking about the highest income individuals, 1% uh, who are responsible for $163 billion a year in owed but unpaid uh, taxes. Um, there are discussions, uh, active discussions, I would note, uh, with Senator Wyden and others in Congress uh, about how to ensure this is absolutely targeted at those who evade tax obligations, including on the cap and potential exemptions. But uh, let's be clear what this is about. It's about big banks uh, deciding to protect wealthiest Americans that get away with not paying the taxes they owe by fighting this common sense solution. Uh, and we want to be clear about that. Oh, that's real clear. <laughs> she just read that <clears throat> that prepared written statement in front of her. But listen, you can't have it both ways. Don't tell us that 97 percent of us are paying our taxes just fine. But yet you've got to hire 85,000 new tax agents for the irs for one percent one percent of the people who are cheating and this hundred hundred and sixty three billion dollars of unpaid taxes that she referenced is being done six hundred dollars at a time i'm calling <laughs> i'm calling bs on that well i think i think it's more than that i think it's I think it's just it's just monitoring what everyone is of doing. Course. It's just control. Authoritarianism. It's, it's trying That's the theme. Yeah, and it's trying to um I mean the small banks just like Dodd-Frank in the last financial crisis that was passed to monitor banks in, in so many different ways. The small banks had problems complying. A lot of the small banks went out of business. Well, and is that what they want there? I, I think that's what it is. I it, think is, it, is are the banks are the big banks actually even though she says they're against it, are they pushing it to squeeze out the small banks well just from you know the the economic principle of economies of scale they got more economies of scale if they've got to comply with some new burdensome law i mean they can comply with it a lot better than a small bank community bank can and uh and if they narrow it down to there there's only four or five banks left then there's only four or five oligarchs that can control there everything you there you go i mean it's but you know we're told now we're told the 3.5 trillion dollar biden boondoggle won't cost us anything it's a freebie because he is going to make sure that the people that aren't paying their fair share starts to pay their fair share. So, and she just said, what did it amount to? What do the cheat the cheaters, if they can get the cheaters, the top 3% of cheaters or 1% of cheaters, I guess she said, it's going to amount to $165 billion. Mm. Uh, okay. 
when you think of a trillion, if, if you had a billion-dollar bill, you know, you print up a, a bill that's worth, instead of $1 or $10, it's worth a billion dollars, you would have to print up a thousand of those to get to a trillion, a thousand billion dollar bills, right? Mm-hmm. You're an account. And a, and a billion's a thousand million. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got to come up with $3,500 billion bills. But she says, oh, but we're going to get this $165 billion out of the cheaters and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> well, you know, here, here would have been a good question from the White House press pool if they would have just done a little bit of research. I mean, I admit I probably have above average knowledge than someone in the press, but hey, it's something called Google. I mean, White House Press could Google this. Currently, there's a rule in place that if a cash transaction occurs $10,000 or more, right. the bank has to report that to the IRS. Right. Uh, Which is probably unconstitutional, anyway. Yeah. And that's been in place for, my goodness, I know a long probably time. 30 years at least, um, 30 plus years that I've been in the business. But, uh, why don't they ask that valid question? Okay, if ten thousand dollars is okay before, how about ten? How about let's just say yeah. ten thousand dollars for any it, transaction? It's already there. Yeah, it's already there. Ten thousand dollars. You cannot tell me that you're concerned about six hundred dollars transactions, six hundred dollars at a no. time for one hundred sixty-three billion unpaid taxes. No way. Last week, Nancy Pelosi confirmed the proposal is still on the table. Democrats plan to keep it in, which is fine. Keep it in because that's just another thing, another reason to vote against it. But according to the IRS Taxpayer Bill of Rights, taxpayers have the right to privacy. I'm reading from their Bill of Rights, the IRS publication. Your rights as a taxpayer includes a full list of taxpayer rights. It includes the right to privacy. Taxpayers have a right to expect that the IRS inquiry, examination, or enforcement actions will comply with the law and be no more intrusive than necessary. It will respect all due process rights, including search and seizure protections, and will provide, where applicable, a collection due process hearing, this according to the IRS.gov. Now, I'm not sure that's all being followed currently, but uh, which basically Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Chucky Schumer basically saying, ah, flush that down the toilet. Screw the American pet taxpayer. It's just, it's all about monitoring people. That's what it is. It's a privacy issue. When we get back, journalism, we know it's dead, now is confirmed to be dead. They admit it and they gloat in it. I'll tell you why. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. You know, we have known for some time that the mainstream media says what we want to say, and they, they lie, and they leave out the details, they leave out the truth. But boy, this weekend, it has really hit the fan, uh, I guess in a good way. You know, every now and then... Even a liberal accidentally speaks the truth. And uh, there was a couple of situations out this weekend. One was a column written by a Los Angeles Times columnist, Jackie Combs. She published a piece called Why Journalists Are Failing the Public with Both Ciderism and Political Coverage. Now, basically what she said was, 
we have no obligation as journalists to cover both sides of the story. <laughs> she said, to the extent, then, that journalists and pundits focus critically on President Biden and Democrats and give short shift to Republicans' obstructions, as if the cancer of Trumpism was in remission, if not cured, that indeed distorts the reality and disserves readers and listeners and viewers, Combs writes. Combs repeatedly criticized Republicans, warning that democracy is literally at stake surrounding the GOP's recent election laws. Wait a minute. The, the GOP wants to keep election integrity. Mm-hmm. It's the Democrats with our H.R. 1 that wants to basically federalize against the Constitution of our country, wants to federalize all elections. And yet she is complaining that the Republicans with their new election laws are trying to ruin our democracy. Quote, she goes on to say, this is a Republican Party that is not serious about governing or addressing the nation's actual problems as opposed to fake ones like the critical race theory, Combs writes. She concluded her op-ed writing, Democrats can't be expected to deal with these guys like they're on the level, nor should journalists cover them as if they are. And what's unbelievable is you would think that there would be some journalists out there that would say, wait a minute, if we're going to be real journalists, we do have to cover both sides of the issue. But no, no, they all just fell in line and just applauded and said, that's great. Even NPR that's funded with taxpayer funding, Bill Buzenberg, that's a great name for somebody at NPR, wrote great op-ed, great op-ed. We need to make sure we follow this. And the problem is, you know, most in the media, I, I mean, they're just, they just live in an echo chamber. Yep. And they just listen to each other with the same same BS all the time, same storyline, same one-sided story. And you would think that they would at least, you know, they shouldn't be thinking about ratings. They should be thinking about journalistic integrity. And let the ratings but, come. But the ratings are terrible. Yes. I mean. <laughs> they must not care about making a buck. But people are tuning out the news. They no. All of of um, people that are conservatives and liberals are con- just tuning it out because it cannot be trusted anymore. It's yeah. not Walter Con- Cronkite anymore. And and, uh, and and at least you think that her comment is an outlier. No, it's the norm. No. Lester Holt earlier this year claimed that, quote, fairness is overrated in journalism. I think it has become clear that fairness is overrated. The idea that we should always give two sides equal rate and merit does not reflect the world we find ourselves in. Well, listen, Holt, <laughs> you have that hasn't happened for decades anyway. Well, so what else is new? <clears throat> well, for decades now, at least in the last thirty years, the um, certainly the last fifteen or twenty years, the coverage of the story in their mind is more important than the story yep. and more important than getting it right. Well, and they're more important than the story, the people in the story. And now with, with, um, you know, all the platforms that are out there, you, know, you gotta be first, you gotta be first, you gotta be first it's clicks, clicks, clicks. And, and, and they're not doing any research. I mean, they're just like the conclusions that were jumped on, um, what's it? Joe Rogan Ro- yeah. Rogan, uh, last week or week before last, about him taking Taking horse horse dewormer and stuff i mean (laughs) barry weiss remember her she was the one that resigned from the new york times because she was basically being the woke mob was basically alienating her and And she'd had enough and she's enough and, and anyway she was on with um 
Costanza oh, yeah, over the weekend. Yeah. Stelter, Brian, Brian Stelter. Stelter. Yeah, it looks like George Costanza. And uh, here's what she had to say about the woke mob and journalism. You write, there are tens of millions of Americans who aren't on the hard left or the hard right who feel the world has gone mad. So in what ways has the world gone mad? Well, you know, when you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad. When you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad, and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad. When we're not able to say that Hunter Biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing, the world has gone mad. When in the name of progress, young school children, as young as kindergarten, are being separated in public schools because of their race, and that is called progress rather than segregation, the world has gone mad. There mm. are dozens of examples that I could share with, with you and with and your you viewers. And you often say, you say everyone allowed. Everyone sort of knows this. And you say we're not allowed, we're not able. Who's the people stopping the conversation? Who are they? People that work at networks, <laughs> frankly, like the one I'm speaking on right now, who try and claim that you know, it was it was racist to investigate the lab leak theory. Yeah, she. <laughs> I don't think Stelter was prepared head. for that. Answer. No, no, no. Yeah, interestingly, he just sits there with that goopy grin and just nodding his head. And uh, but boy, she hit it. She hit the nail on the head. How does he have a job? He's got pictures of someone at CNN. <laughs> no, he does. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So we've been talking about what's been going on up in Loudoun County and uh, the Scott Smith, whose daughter was raped. You know, he was arrested. And what's interesting is Buddha Barbiage. Um, that was the attorney general there, or I'm sorry, the Loudoun Dis- County <coughs> pro- prosecutor. Attorney. Yeah, yeah Loudoun County prosecutor. Um, this person wanted to, the person was arrested and a number of people thought, well, the, the Scott Smith's going to get in the court and they're going to dismiss all charges. We understand why you're upset. Your child got raped. Uh, but this Loudoun County prosecutor said, no, no, we're, we're prosecuting. We're going after this individual. What's the interesting part about the story is the rest of the story. Yes, indeed. George Soros funded this individual's run as the Loudoun County prosecutor to the tune of over $800,000. Another DA in America. Yeah. yeah, He's funding. Now, he also funded the uh, DA up in Chicago that's involved in the Jesse Smollett case. uh, And the St. Louis one with the uh, couple of the... uh, Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.